Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ex-Mormon Files. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and pleased to have you join us today. And last week, or last time, we got to introduce, we were introduced to Darren Pinkerton, and today we meet his lovely wife, Jan Jen Pinkerton, so thank you for coming. and Thank you for having me. It's great, and you have a most interesting story, and so thank we'll you. jump right into it. All you right. were born into the church. Your parents sort were of. At least yeah, my parents were born under the covenant, so I guess I technically, but my parents were not sealed in no. the temple. So they I, weren't terribly active. No, they were not were, active when I was a child. No, my dad would have a beer, and my mother drank coffee. <laughs> and I remember I wanted to drink coffee, and I would say, I want to drink coffee when I grow up. And my mother was like, I never want you to drink coffee, and that was confusing. Because of the word of wisdom? Yeah, exactly. But oh. she didn't explain it that way. She just said she never wanted me to drink coffee. Okay. And yet and, she drank it. And yeah, she drank it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And so we did not attend church on Sundays. My dad would, really? uh, we had a children's Bible. My dad would, um, I had a younger brother. My dad would sit on the couch with us and we'd go through the children's Bible. And, you know, it wasn't terribly interesting, you yeah. know, for children, you know. Yeah. And so I kind of didn't really but understand the point. At your level, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So he, yeah. I guess he thought that, you know, because my dad was, I would say that he went through periods of activity, which you know, we'll get to, but that he was never really a true believer. But he did want us, I guess, to have some foundation in so the Bible. So they were born in the covenant, which means their parents were their active. Their parents were active. Yeah, but were... actually they weren't married in the temple either. Because uh, I don't know. The if, grandparents. Yeah, I don't know about my father's parents exactly, mm. but I know that my mother's parents didn't go through the temple until they'd been married for 50 years. Wow. Yeah. So they did eventually go, yeah. and then all the almost all the kids went with them. Now, brothers and sisters, do you have? Uh... I've got a younger brother, two years younger. Okay, because I noticed you mentioned, uh, I think, in we, it, that you weren't baptized at age eight. Mm -mm, no. Uh, what was the reason for that? Because we weren't active in the church, and so. I was asking a lot of questions, and my mother didn't At really eight know. Years old. Oh yeah, even before then. Yeah, really? yeah, and always and, precocious. Huh? Yeah, and my kids actually started younger than I did, and so I was asking a lot of questions, and my mother just finally just decided to start dropping us off at church on Sundays, which now just boggles my mind. Can you imagine dropping, dropping your, your children off? off at a church? that you don't attend <laughs> and picking them up later and, and every like, week we would go and stop and get Kentucky Fried Chicken after church and that was our weekly. I, they probably had the confidence of because they knew the church well enough yeah. to know you'd be well taken care of there yeah, I guess. Yeah, that would be but safe but I mean just even from a spiritual point of view yeah. you know yeah, you're just dropping the kids off without any supervision yeah. and just kind of picking them up kind and how do was as it? I say not as I do kind yeah. of thing. And so but you I'll, do get baptized at age I 11. I did. I got baptized when I was 11 and my yeah. dad did not baptize us which bothered me at the time but I remember going home and asking my parents once after church if they prayed because we were told in Sunday school to, you know, ask our parents about that. And obviously I had to ask them because we weren't saying grace at the dinner table and I wasn't oh. praying with them. And, and you my, never saw them at night? No, at, at no. And bed, my, my so. dad told me that it was none of my business. And so that was, really? kind of, yeah, that tells you a lot about my home prayer life. <laughs> kind of ended the, yeah, kind of ended ended the conversation right there. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. 
So do you go into mutual then? I mean, you've been, yes, uh -huh. we moved from Denver to Ohio when I was 11. And so we started going to church there and it was instead of a ward, it was just a little tiny branch mm -hmm. and uh, in a, you know, in an old like church building that wasn't, you know, I don't know what denomination it was. It was old and damp and, you know, small oh. and ugly. And there weren't very many people there. So my dad actually accepted a position in the bishopric, which, you know, now just boggles my mind because he didn't believe it and so he had they to had a need and he they was had a willing need to and serve, he, he liked the bishopric you know he was you know friendly with yeah. the so he, he went ahead and filled the need and so he would ask me to give talks all the time so I would give a talk every month oh really yeah oh yeah he would have to be like I've got to get somebody to give a talk and we were a really small branch so, so I yeah I gave a lot of talks a, a lot of two and a half minute talks yeah. yeah sometimes it was ten sometimes it was two and a half minutes and yeah I even played the organ for a stint oh you did yeah badly yeah. okay very badly <laughs> But yeah, it was, you know, very hands-on. And so when I was 12, and I don't know how this happened, but I spearheaded uh, taking the family to the temple. You know, I was just bound and determined that we had to be, you know, we had to be sealed, sealed together. We had to be sealed. So and, you what, to talk to your folks about yeah. getting ready to go to the temple? And I think that, I mean, I was adopted, so I think it was really, really important for me to be sealed oh. because I had some insecurities about that, okay. just from some, you know, comments yeah. that my extended family would make from time to time. Yeah. So I really, I think I wanted to put that to rest, you know, so here, you were, we're sealed. So you got them to the temple. Yeah. Which temple was that? Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we actually, you know, had to trek from Ohio to Washington D.C. Wow. to be sealed in the temple. A few temples in between now, probably. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But back then, that was the only gig yeah. in town. It was, you know, it's a beautiful temple. Oh, you yeah, know, it's gorgeous, it's amazing. Right so, off the freeway there, and so you got them, and and you're very active at this point. I was I mean, very active. Young women, yeah, I and loved you took it. Seminary, four yep, year took seminary, four year early morning seminary. I was the only student. My teacher would come and pick me up. Oh my uh, goodness. She lived kind of further out in the country than I did, and I lived a little bit in. And she would come and pick. Me me up and we would go to the church for and for four years we would meet in the morning then she would take me back and drop me off and I would take the bus to school so and I would read my scriptures on the bus in the morning so dedicated yeah I loved it I was hardcore yeah <laughs> I was just you know yeah I was you know completely completely feel like active. you had a testimony oh yeah I had a very strong testimony it was everything yeah. you know I mean I lived and breathed it what you was, know it what, what did you think of Jesus during this time Oh, he was my he was that. my he was my older brother, yeah. and you know, and I really did you know, that's been one of the most difficult things is to change your idea of who God is, you know, because God was you know this grandfatherly figure with a physical body, yeah. just like we had, and Jesus had a physical and Jesus body, is my and, brother, and Jesus is my brother, yeah. and you know, and God was a person before He was a God, and so you know, and someday I'll be a I God. I can become and, a God. You, you know, knew all that. You, yeah, you knew yeah. all that. Yeah, when we when I was at BYU, I went to BYU for two years. We would stay up late my freshman year of college and think, you know, who was the original God and also we would talk a lot about we talked about who we had a the original God yeah who was the like was there an original God yeah. sometimes you know, all these little they're... gods sprang from and we would kind of we, we kind of had this idea that well where do they keep getting the souls you know to populate these because you know when we have worlds where are we going to get the souls to populate our worlds and so we kind of thought maybe it's like reincarnation the people who fail in this world will get to try again when we're gods yeah. you know and so that was kind of reassuring to us like if we don't quite you make do it, have to we'll go have... through some mental gymnastics to mm -hmm. think of that yeah it's like a glorious think... fantasy novel or science fiction yeah, there's so many levels believe... and layers yeah, and, yeah. We, and we believe in these intelligences that are there and then we're going to create spirit bodies yeah. for them and... and then there's kolob and then there's god time so that's how yeah. i you know explained you know 
evolution was that, you know, seven days of God time, who knows how long that yeah. is, you yeah. know, and it never says it, that there weren't dinosaurs in the Garden of Eden. We don't know how long Adam and Eve were there before they fell. Yeah. They could have been there for millions of years, you know, so of course the earth could be yeah. millions of years old. So I had it all worked out, you know, everything worked yeah, out perfectly. You kind of have to figure it out and kind of settle in on what you're willing to believe at that point. Right. So BYU, how was that experience? Um, I loved it. Did you? Yeah, it was great. I loved it because after being in the mission field my whole life, I was finally surrounded by LDS. It wasn't um, perfect. Yeah. You know, I liked to do my laundry on Sunday. You know, I, Darren's <laughs> mentioned doing, you know, cutting yeah, the grass on Sunday. Grass. And I would use the laundromat in the dorms and my roommate would get really mad. And I was like, nobody is working. I'm putting coins in a machine. <laughs> you know, I was like, what is the problem with this? And, you know, Were you I, the only one there? Yeah, pretty much. It was, you know, the oh, laundry really? room was empty. Oh, so, yeah. Right. And, you know, I had been but, in bars because I grew up in a small college town where we'd go hear music as you know, I never drank. Yeah. But, you know, I grew up in a family where Diet Pepsi was like water, you know, so I came to BYU already, you know. I swore I had been to a bar. I drank Diet Pepsi. You couldn't get caffeine on campus, so I started getting migraines and didn't understand the relationship between oh. the no caffeine and the migraines. <laughs> and so, it was it was interesting to go from being like the most pious person in, you know that I knew because I was so into the church to going to BYU and being like this horrible sinner, you know. You sense and, that? Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 There were lots of people who were way more pious. A than lot I of was. judging too, isn't a there? Lot a lot of judging, pride and a judging. A lot of pride and judging. Yeah. yeah, and if you didn't go to church, then boy, yeah. you know, everybody was going to, you know, I'd be asking was, you about it. Yeah. Now, you ended up taking a class that influences you a little bit. I did. I that? signed up for an honors course my freshman year called Learning How to Learn, and it was a year-long course. And it, it kind of was really interdisciplinary, which was kind of, I guess kind of a new idea at the time. You know, now yeah. every, everything's interdisciplinary in college, but it integrated mathematics, philosophy, science, English, art, and how to critically how think. How to critically think. How to yeah, learn, how to learn. Huh? And I started to think, I think they're trying to make us question the church or leave the church. And nothing was ever overt. You know, it was very subversive. But oh, you really think that? I, I really mean, do. I yeah. really do. Because some of the things that they said, just it was like, if I take what you're saying and apply it, to Mormonism, Mormonism is not going to be able to withstand it, the scrutiny. <laughs> and so I was like, but you're, but you're asking me to do this. Okay, you know, and so... Now, how long ago was this? Was this before that, Internet? 1987, and, yeah, way before, oh, before Internet. before Internet and stuff, mm -hmm. so it wasn't anything yeah. you could look up no, and, and No, no, no. And, you know, none of the friends that I was in the class with, you know, most, I mean, I'm not in touch with all of them, but a lot of, you know, most of the friends that I had at BYU are still active in the church. Some of them are not. Really? Yeah, okay. but, um, but but quite this a few influenced you. Uh, was there anything else? It it kind, of... it kind of influenced me, and then but that wasn't that was kind of laid the seeds. I kind of laid the groundwork, and then I transferred to Ohio University my junior oh, year of college. I went back to Ohio because all of my friends were either getting married or going on missions, and so I was like, well, I'm gonna have to start over, so I might as well be closer to home. I was getting oh, homesick, okay. and I was getting kind of disillusioned at that point with yeah. the judgy, you know. Pious. And you still believed the church was true. I was starting to doubt. So when I came home, really? I didn't really want to go to church. And my well, mother well, kept saying... Was there something specific about the church? I think that doubting? it was just, at that point, not anything really specific that I could pinpoint. But I was disillusioned with a lot of the people that I had met and with the controlling attitude. And I had some kind of, like, you know teenage attitudes of, well, I want credit for the things I do, you know, I mean, you yeah, know, because yeah. the attitude of, you know, you have nothing without God, and I've kind of, you know, come around back to, you know, <laughs> we're nothing without God, but as a teenager, you know, and 
I I didn't think it was bad to drink. You know, I thought the word of wisdom was kind of hoo-ha. You know, <laughs> really? I wasn't sure that I was really inspired. So I was starting to doubt that a lot of the tenets of the church were actually inspired by God. Mm. They seemed to be more man-made. And also, I think some of the things we were hearing, you know, like we would hear the, um, the you know, the apostles come to BYU and say, you know, if you, meet, if you meet someone and you're both temple worthy and you get along with each other, then there should be nothing standing in the way of your getting married. And then if you're faithful, then no amount of, you know, no low lack should of money divorce, or education yeah. well, should influence you not having children. You know, it was yeah. all about, you know, get married and have children, bring them into the church, you know, yeah. grow the grow the membership. Well, now I know you had a question or two about the Mark Hoffman situation. That, was came, that, that, came, that came later. That, that came when came I went after? to Ohio because okay. I started dating someone. I and maybe I, you well, I, come up. No, I started dating a fellow and I told him that I couldn't marry outside the church. And so he started investigating the church. Really? And so thinking one of the missionaries. Thinking yeah. of converting yeah, to the church? Exactly. Oh. And one of the missionaries that was teaching him gave me one of the Mark Hoffman books to read because he'd been reading it oh. and on his mission. And so I read it, and that was really kind of the what what finished me off. Oh, really? Because I thought, why are these general authorities, if they have the inlines with God, even if they're not prophets, should they hang out with the prophets. Enough, they should yeah. be inspired enough yeah. to know that this is a forgery. And so if they're spending thousands of dollars to try to buy documents to hide Joseph Smith's wackiness, to hide his reputation yeah. for, you know, kind of divination and yeah. witchcraft and salamanders and things like that, why didn't God tell them that those were forgeries? And why can't Joseph Smith's, why can't the truth of the gospel stand? Why do they have to hide so much? Because lots of other churches, lots of other denominations have horrible histories. Yeah. And they're very open about it. They're like, yeah, the Catholics are like, you know, the Crusades, you know, <laughs> this is, you know, this is horrifying. Yeah. We have a horrible history. People made mistakes. But, but in Mormonism, there's it. such a sense that Joseph Smith had to be perfect because if he wasn't perfect, then his gospel couldn't be perfect because why would God give his gospel to somebody who was a fruitcake? And so, <laughs> you know, it's just this sense that they paint Joseph Smith as a person that he, he just obviously wasn't. If you, yeah. yeah, if you if you do enough digging, you find yeah. out that you know he really was not this person who he was yeah. purported to be. And, you did know, you know our, anything about polygamy or polyandry at that point? I had, did, but it all made sense because there's, there's and, no, I didn't know about that, but I knew that there were fewer worthy men, and so that you know, that's the what women, you, you, you know, told. I was told yeah. that the, you know, in order to go to the celestial kingdom, that women had to be married to a priesthood holder, and since there were fewer worthy men, then women, you know, would have to share. But I was told too that we wouldn't care in the afterlife. Yeah, that, it would all know, work it out. It would all work out. Yeah, yeah it would the, be great. That's yeah. the phrase that we all yeah. use. But that reminds me of some things that bothered me were the idea that. If you, you know a young married couple just gets married in the temple and they're in a terrible car accident and the, the husband dies, so the woman remarries and she can't remarry in the temple because she's already she sealed, sealed to guy to, number one. Yeah. So she gets married and she spends 50 years of her life and has five kids with the new guy. And then when she dies, she's still sealed to Bozo who died in the car accident <laughs> that she doesn't even remember. You know, that just seemed really wrong Didn't to me. Grow but up with and yeah. Again, it'll all get worked out in the morning. It'll millennium. all get worked yeah. out. But I thought that's Isn't really that unfair funny? to. That you know, sounds like that. How to learn? How, learning how to learn. It was an important class for you. It really was. You were probably a critical yeah. thinker before that, but I think that my leaving the church was inevitable. I do. I think that I would have left sooner or later. That probably just accelerated it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't take my name off the records until even later. I stopped going to church, but my mother kept telling that I would move. You know, so I yeah. moved from Ohio to Maryland, and then the missionaries found me.
Then I moved to Pennsylvania, and they found me mm. again. And sure. I was like, how do they keep do they finding me? And, and I realized my, it was, was my uh, mom. Yeah. It was my mom telling them where I was. And mm. so, and I found that out later because after I had taken my name off the records, I was curling her hair for her. And I was holding a hot curling iron, and she said, so dad told me that you took your name off the records. And I was like, what? You know, because, I mean, you know, my oh, dad knew. But he, kind of, I think he told her during a fight, actually. Oh. And so I'm like, I'm going to burn you with the curling iron. because <laughs> she, she, But she figured it out because she was trying to sick the missionaries on me. And they told her Try they to couldn't. Keep you, keep and you so, back. Uh, yeah, that get kind you of, back into the fold. Yeah. So she realized when, when she couldn't, you know, keep sicking them on me that something yeah. was up. And my dad was just like, she's out. Now, did you ever have a sense that, that there was no... Did you ever... Coming out of the church, did you feel a, a desire to go agnostic or atheist yes. at all? Yeah, I felt oh, did? so angry. I was so angry. I felt so betrayed. I felt like all of the youth leaders that I had loved and my bishops when I was in high school, that, you know, the people that I thought loved me, I felt like they had lied to me. And somehow I believed that they knew the truth but had lied anyway. You know I, now that they probably don't know any more than you did? They, that, I don't know because sometimes I they? just think... <laughs> If, if if some of these people are really intelligent, and so I just don't understand I, I know why it's, they're it's still back in the it. critical thinking, though. Yeah. They critically think six days a week, but on Sunday, right. so to speak, yeah. it's just like so. Turn they've their either mind found off. a way to justify it. You know, I mean, I'm a smoker. I smoke cigarettes, so I know that you can rationalize anything. You know, oh, yeah. but I think it's the same kind of rationalization. They rationalize it, or they stay because of cultural or family pressures, or because it's good enough and the people are good and it's a good structure for kids, or maybe they don't feel. <coughs> as much like I did, like it was a cult mentality that wanted to control your every way of thinking. You know, yeah. they want to control what you eat, what you drink, how you have sex, who you have sex with, so how you know, how you, much money you give them. Yeah, how did you hang on then to Jesus? And I didn't, I didn't. Oh no, didn't. oh no. I, in fact, I took, I taught um, a freshman uh, college course and I remember one time telling my students to get out a piece of paper and I said, all right, everybody get out your piece of paper and I want you to write Jesus on the paper and then I, we're going to wad it up and we're going to throw it away because we don't have Jesus in this class. We don't have the Bible. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about your religious beliefs. You, you did this at, yeah, at the as college a, as a, level? Yes, at the college level. Now you have a master's in English, yes. right? Okay, yeah. so, and so, so yeah, you're I told them at the college level. Yeah, we were going to get Jesus out of the classroom. I don't want to hear it. Because they wanted to write papers about, you know, well, homosexuality is bad because the Bible says it's so. And I was like, you can't okay, use the out. Bible as a source for this paper. <laughs> so what happens to bring you back, kind of? Well, a couple of things. I went through a really intense period of searching around 2004 where I just was in that mindset that, well, they told me that this was the true church, so that means there must be a true church, so I will find it. And so I was reading, and so I read a lot of books about Christianity to try to figure out why do Christians not think Mormons are Christian. That really bothered me because I was like, well, Mormons think they're Christian because Still they believe that Jesus is their with Savior. That Mormons are Christian yeah. thing, mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why I read a lot about, you know, okay, the Garden of Gethsemane thing is off. The idea that Jesus is our brother is really wrong. The idea that Jesus is really begotten is really strange and really wrong, really blasphemous. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like, it just the deeper, the more I read, I was like, oh my goodness, the what did I believe? Yeah, you know, it's just like, holy cow. What, you know, what Not have... biblical at all. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. And really out there, really yeah. kind of nuts. Yeah. And so... But I still didn't really get it. It didn't all really start clicking for me until probably a year ago, because I was trying to make Just sense a year of these ago things. Now? Yeah. Oh, you mean mm -hmm. a year later? 
no, a year ago now, because I started, I was reading and I was reading about Orthodox Christianity and I was reading about Judaism and I really loved Judaism, but I also was collecting crosses. I loved crosses in Orthodox icons. And so a Jewish friend told me I'd have to take down my crosses if I converted to Judaism. And I, I, I wasn't quite done with Jesus yet. I just couldn't do it. Couldn't I couldn't, give up on couldn't Jesus, quite so. do it. So I just kind of went underground. I mean, I just woke up one day and I, after like two years of searching and I wrote a memoir about it, you know, I've got this long memoir, you know, <laughs> writing about searching for this true church. And I just woke up one day and just didn't care anymore. And it was such a relief. I was like, oh, thank goodness this is over. And I just didn't care. You know, I wasn't atheist because that, the idea yeah. of being atheist, I mean, that kind of made me like a, a little suicidal, you know, that yeah. was just too dark. That was too much. Too much. Yeah. But <clears throat> I just really didn't care. And it was great. It was liberating. I hated Christians. Christians were just, you know, just stupid and the problem with you know all the was cause of all the world's problems no Mormon, no just my academic being kind of steeped stuff. in academia yeah and hanging out with a lot of atheists and a lot of agnostics who thought that capitalism and christians you know yeah. were basically responsible for all the evils of the world and i think there's you know even now as a follower of christ i think there's some truth to that yeah. you know i think that there's a lot of things wrong with christianity well, so what now what brought you to jesus exactly <laughs> well when i started dating darren I was like, oh, that's so cute. Now, You're that Christian. was more than a year ago. That was about a year and a half ago. Was yeah, it? we okay. met. And mm -hmm. where was that? That was in? In Missouri. In Missouri. And mm -hmm. then you've been here in Utah how long? About a, almost a year. A year oh, in so June. So it was right after that. Yeah, okay. so it was right after that. So we met. So you met and there. so one of the, right before I gave him my phone number, he told me we we're talking about what we do in our free time. Because we'd kind of known each other for a few months and kind of been talking. Mm -hmm. And he said that he was reading a book on Christianity that a friend had given him. And normally that would have been a red flag for me because <laughs> I did not date Christians. I went out of my way not to date Christians. No, that was not going to happen. Jesus was still in the folded up. It wasn't even about Jesus. Floor. It was just about Christians. Okay. Yeah, you know, and that kind of that kind of controlling mentality. I was like, I was in a patriarchal religion. I was in a patriarchal marriage. No, that's okay. not going to happen. I'm okay. done with that. And so, but I, you know, it didn't bother me with him. And so I was like, okay. And so I remember saying, you know, to him, that's nice that you're Christian, but you know, I, you know, I like a good glass of wine and I'm going to stay over here and just, you know, don't bother me with it. You know, I don't care. As long as you don't care that I'm not, I don't care that you are, you know, just kind of leave me out of it. And so we would talk and he introduced me to Heart of the Matter, which is, you know, Sean leaving, oh, you know, teaching people how to come back to Christ. And I was like, this is really interesting. Where was this when I took my and name off the records in 97? Yeah, I thought, yeah, and I found out Darren had been a former Mormon, which I thought was really interesting too. So we kind of compared notes and compared stories, and I started watching Sean with him because I was like, this is really interesting. And then Darren went through kind of a crisis where he was ready to just kind of chuck it because he had some Christian friends who didn't like me and didn't oh. want him dating me because I wasn't Christian. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, but it's all okay. I'm saved. Who cares? You know, I mean, I was like, isn't that what you believe? And they were like, no, you know, and so you know, I mean, I'm sure that they found me quite blasphemous, and at that time, really? I probably was. No. And so, Darren was ready to walk away, and we were talking to his parents one night. He was just, you know, just upset and angry and ready to just throw it all away. And we got into the car, and I said, "This is really important to who you are. I can tell, and I don't think you should walk away." And I said, "Would you, you know, would, would you feel better if we started praying together?" So I kind of initiated wow. that. And that was kind of a surprise to me, too, because it would have been a lot easier if he'd just been like, forget this. And I would have been let's like, yay, let's, thing. you know, yeah. let's break out the wine. Yeah. Let's do this. And um, and so, but we started praying together and we were watching Sean. And then I realized. Well, what did you sense from Sean? Was it, was it, look, Mormonism has problems, but but don't give up on God and the Bible, Jesus yes. and the Bible? Yeah. 
That yeah. was the message I that was, got. That from was the him. message I got from him, and, and so, so I was I was interested in reading the scriptures because I didn't know the New Testament at all. Yeah, and so I was really embarrassed. You spent all your time in the Book of Mormon, yeah. probably. Yeah, so I, you know, I mean, did I, you start learning? I started about? reading the New Testament, and Darren and I started reading the Gospels together and praying. And, and, praying. Yeah. and so you know, I mean, you know, it's like you know, dancing leads to. You know, <laughs> you know, praying and reading scriptures kind of leads over time. But I was like, you know, I'm not wearing a cross. I don't believe it. I'm not going to overly, you know, call myself a Christian. You know, right. I'm not going to put on the cross until I believe it. And that was a big deal for me was the cross somehow because the cross, you know, Mormons don't wear crosses. And so right. putting on the cross was a real statement for me. I wasn't going to wear it that just was a as ornate. Yeah. And so I was in my kitchen one morning drinking coffee and, and I just kind of felt like you can put the cross on. You know, it's not, you it's don't okay. have to, yeah, it's okay to put it on. So I bought the tiniest cross I could find because I didn't, you <laughs> know, smallest I, yeah, little smallest one. little one because I was walking around campus and I didn't want people on campus to see it and to know that, you know, what happened to her. Yeah. And so then I got this one last year for my birthday and then I've got, I've got a couple more now. They've kind of gotten yeah. bigger, progressively got bigger. Yeah. And I kind of came out on Facebook as, as being a Christian and, uh, you know, I did have some people go. What? Who's this? What What happened to her? <laughs> but what's really interesting to me is that Darren kind of went through a period after we moved out here, he kind of went through a crisis of faith yeah. where he was exploring different avenues and he so wasn't sure that, that Christianity was for him. So yeah. he was exploring Taoism and Buddhism and I was like, here, read this, read this, read this. You know, I was giving him stuff to read, but I never lost my faith in Christianity, even though, again, if it hadn't been genuine for me, mm. it would have been like, cool, you know, let's yeah. be Buddhist, let's go, you know, let's do this, let's do that. But I just, you know, I knew then that my faith was my own, because no matter which direction he felt kind of pulled in or led in, yeah. I never strayed, and that's how I knew. And I wonder sometimes if he went through that period of questioning or maybe because you know, I think God uses, or God, God yeah. uses things for His purposes. That God really I mean, showed me that my that. testimony was my own. Yeah. That yeah, that my belief in Did Jesus you was my own. Grace at, uh, no, not as at a all. Mormon? No, not at all. I'm still learning about grace. Isn't it? Yeah, but you it know, is a wonderful. Concept, it is. It's a fabulous it? gift. Yeah. You know, it's just you know, it's great, and just the fact that 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 Jesus fully you know gave this to us, and that there's nothing that we could do to earn it. No works. Especially because even the Mormons admit that. There's no way to repay this debt, so you just have to repent, 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 repent. Even and yet they still feel like they need to be doing. Yes, exactly. To, in order to be saved. Yeah, and just to, to kind be, of to like be right with God. Getting, yeah, 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 to get good points with God or something. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, it's kind of like they—they they kind of like they're. It's like on the tip of their tongue. Like they kind of, it's on the tip of their minds. Like they know that something's off, but no, 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 no. We have to do this. So. Oh, Jen, it's just such a wonderful story, uh, and you've made such a transition. I feel like you, a different person now. What would you say to now? the LDS? We have just a minute or so, but what would you say to... I would say, really think about the fact that your bishop is going to be sitting next to you in six months and be a layperson, and he knows all your secrets. Really think about the fact that <laughs> none of your clergy are trained. Really think yeah. about the fact that the Bible is not really encouraged. Yeah. And if you get out, don't run away from God. Oh, I love I love that because you know the bishop's not going to be standing with you in front of Jesus. No. Mm -mm. It's your relationship with him, not to, and it isn't what you've done. It's what he did. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Jen, thanks so much for and well, good luck in your me. life, and I hope you have great success in in with with Darren and everything thank and all you. you're trying to do. So, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Ex Mormon Files. This has been the audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files. 
The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.